Hey, Glory here with Successful Marketing Group. As you know, I work with local businesses, and right now, I'd love your help in supporting local Twin Cities restaurants. This month, I'd like to spotlight Day by Day Cafe. They've been a St. Paul institution since 1980. My daughter and I have been going there for almost 20 years. They're family-owned and loved for their scratch kitchen breakfast and magical outdoor patio with koi pond. Oh, and their new wood-fire pizzas are a big hit. Go to my Instagram at SuccessfulBizOwners for more info on them. Been looking forward to this edition of the Cheryl Reeve Show to talk about the final four. And of course, there's so much else we want to get to here. This is the Shell Reeve Show at TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. Wherever you listen to us, like us, uh, rate us and subscribe subscribe subscriptions are free easiest way to listen thanks to our sponsors glory ramsey from successful marketing group rudy luther toyota and your local vibe realtor cara quinn all right cheryl we haven't had a chance to talk since the final four uh i I thought the women's tournament was fascinating it was covered better than it has been covered before uh we saw great personalities great coaches uh but but you're the expert tell me what your takeaway from it was well, exactly as you said, I thought it was a great Final Four, um, you know, being able to have some fans there, you know, there were there was a you know, pretty good environment, and uh, I, I thought that was, you know, it's, it's kind of consistent with, with what's happening in women's basketball, is there's great momentum, and I think we saw that, you know, despite being, you know, still not normal uh, in, in terms of what we knew before, um, you know, we, we just continue to succeed and, you know, ratings were really good for ESPN. I, I, I just, I can't tell you how many times in a day that I said, I was so happy, uh, with what ESPN was doing. Their, their coverage was fantastic. It wasn't just covering the game itself. We had analysis before, after, uh, recap of the game, you know, what was, what lied ahead. And it just, it, it was just so encouraging, and, and I thought it just brings so much to the table when you, when you really treat it so well, and and so all of it was was just great, and uh, you know, uh, being able to watch uh, multiple prospects, there were a lot of WNBA players on that floor, uh, in the final game, you know, certainly, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the, the 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 four the four remaining teams, so just really really good, I, and I. I uh, think it gives us great momentum going into the WNBA draft there you know you had a player that was uh just a great storyline in area mcdonald uh who you know just just seemed to be having the time of her career uh in, in terms of how she was playing and uh what a great story for that team university of arizona uh led by adia barnes head coach who, who played for the minnesota lynx uh so just great momentum around all that you know let's see how high of a bounce she got um, you know, I, I, I believe, uh, she solidified herself in the top five. Um, so yeah, I think that's what people are, you know, there's some storylines people are watching and, and, uh, you know, draft is on Thursday. Uh, there's a negative though, Cheryl. I mean, Adia did cuss and I just don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> uh, I tell you when I saw it live, I, I got such a kick out of it. I thought nothing of it. Um, cause I've been there as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, and it just the you know it was it was if you know Adia she's so authentic and and uh, you know who cares uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was terrific and and uh, but of course when a woman does a woman does something like that you know it's it's 
frowned upon. Uh, I thought it was great. I, I understood exactly what she was saying. Uh, many of us did understood exactly what the you know the gesture and what she was saying meant. Uh, so kudos to her. I, I think she actually. Uh, I think there's a lot of players that want to play for Adia Barnes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, especially after this run. That was uh, quite a run. And, and Arizona had been terrible before. I mean, she really elevated that yeah. program. Yeah, I mean, they were good when she played there. Right. Uh, and, and then there was a, you know, a, a bit of a gap. And, and, and that happens. I mean, it's, it's yeah. cyclical, as they say. Um, but, yeah, she a great story. Uh, and I, I hope we're going to have a similar story in Minnesota, you know, about an, an alum going back to coach their team and, you know, to great success. And, um and hopefully we'll see that next year. We'll see Lindsey Whalen coaching the Gophers and, you know, being in the in the Final Four next year while it's in Minneapolis. That would be a tremendous, tremendous thing for the area. Well, you've mentioned that in multiple weeks. It almost sounds like you think that Lindsey's about to turn the corner. I do think she's about to turn the corner. Um, you know, I think that if, if you ask Lindsey that, you know, she feels that way, um, you know, I, I think some really strong recruiting classes. I think she's learned a lot in her first couple of years. And, and uh you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I feel like that. And, and I can't wait till we can get, you know, back out there and, you know, see things in person. Yes. I, I know. I love being at the barn, especially for, for her games. I really, and it'd be just so much fun if she, if she I mean, I, I do expect her to turn around. I just have no idea what the timing would be, but as you said, she has recruited really well. I would have guessed that would start paying off. Um, <laughs> the uh, other coach uh, in the final four that I wanted to ask you about Tara Vandeveer, uh, I mean, 29 years between championships that how does that that's that's a remarkable thing because i mean i mean i, I don't know you're the coach you tell me how that happens well that was a head scratcher to me and i've been in the game a long time and i know when i saw that stat i uh i thought that can't be uh you know because they're so successful you know that we just make the assumption there were a few more championships along the way uh, but there were certainly final fours along the way and, and elite aides, et cetera. Um, but yeah, you know, so it was, it was easy to be happy for, for Tara. Uh, you know, it was such a, such a long wait <laughs> in between. Uh, and, you know, I think if she wins a few more championships, Charles Barkley might pronounce your name right. Yeah. That's kind of brutal, huh? Um, you know, it's very, very disrespectful. Uh, I wish we could do better. You know, some of the, some of the men that, uh, are, are using their voices. I think they need to, you know, they need to bring it a little bit better. And, and full disclosure, I, my, one of my weaknesses is uh, mispronouncing names because I usually think phonetically, I, I worry more as a longtime print person, I think more about uh, spelling than pronunciation. You just have to write it right. <laughs> but, but, but we got to get this stuff right. And, and that, and on that platform, you got to get that right. That's exactly right. Otherwise don't do it. Exactly. Um, so the big question I've seen a lot on social media lately regarding women's basketball is you have all the, we just watched this great tournament. You see all these great players and a lot of them are going to be in the draft and you've got 12 loaded teams already in the league. Uh, does yeah. that suggest that you need expansion? Well, there's no question we need expansion at this point. And, and I think that will define Kathy's tenure. Um, you know, we've, we've been saying it, uh, for a while, I, you know, maybe five years ago, I, I, I would have kind of fallen into the category of, um, you know, we, we, we don't want quote bad teams. Uh, but then I, I started thinking, why do we do that to women's sports? You know, we, we say that we have to wait for 
all 12 teams to be healthy financially or that all 12 teams have to be good on the court. And that's not the standard for, uh, for men's sports. Uh, and so I think, you know, I've, I've kind of, you know, I think we need to think about it from a business standpoint, uh, the more teams, the better the business will be. Uh, so, and, and at this point, talent wise, we're, you know, we're just hitting our head. You know, these players are hitting the head against the ceiling. Um, you know, they, they, there's not, it's not their fault. Uh, and the game is getting better and better. And, and as the league is around longer and longer, you know, these you know, kids are playing at a younger age. They're dreaming about being professional basketball players. So the quality of the game just continues to grow exponentially. So stands to reason that we, you know, we need more teams to, to make spots for these players. And every market you move into and you would be moving into new markets brings, it creates new WNBA fans. I mean, look at the big 10, the big 10 brought in Maryland and Rutgers, not because they needed more teams, not because those teams are necessarily particularly good in the big revenue sports, although, you know, they have their moments in basketball, but they did it just for TV markets. That's exactly right. And, and that same thing is true. Like you said, just exposure, expanding, you know, the reach. Uh, so uh, I, I think we have some some places that are interested. And, and so I, I think Kathy needs to, and, and I'm sure that she is, uh, you know, just really spend a lot of time in this area and figure out you know, at least two cities for us to be able to expand to very, very soon. So let's get into the draft. We do want to thank our sponsors. You heard about Successful Marketing Group before the show started. We'd also like to thank Rudy Luther Toyota, which is a proud sponsor of the Cheryl Reeves Show. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Also want to remind you that even if you're not sure that you want to sell yet, we highly recommend Cara Quinn from Vibe Realty, VibeMN.com. Uh, she, again, she puts out great information, great newsletters. And I'm not really the kind of person who sits around reading newsletters, but hers are so attractively presented and they're so relevant to today's market that I do read them. Uh, her latest is Approaching the Current Market Challenges, Where to Start. And here's a, here's a big thing too. She also said says that even if you're not sure you're ready to list, uh, you want an evaluation of your home, she can help you out. Just reach out. Uh, she can help you guide through, you through the next steps. You can just go online and schedule a consultation. Again, vibemn.com. And the name is Cara Quinn, C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N, uh, a great local realtor and expert on the market architecture and neighborhood seems like every week our friend david barry writes about something relevant to this show uh one thing he wrote about today is the fact that uh volleyball NCAA women's volleyball he, he says it's the fourth highest uh, revenue producer among ncaa sports that's another place that uh that we need to see strides that that sport should be better promoted i mean that's you watch the go gophers play you watch big 10 you watch the national tournament that's a spectacular sport yeah, and and I, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm not drilled down into it. I, I've been, uh, you know, been a little bit busy, so I've just been reading sure. more surfacely uh, on it. But but you know, I think the gist of it is, I just don't understand what people don't get. Right, women's momentum, the wave. Uh, do it right. You're you're going to be put on blast <laughs> when you don't. 
and and I think that um, you know what the little bit that I read was you know um, what what happened. I guess was it at their final four? I I, I uh, uh, the, uh, or their, were, their championship somewhere that uh, they were talking about uh, the coverage and they weren't the media have, coverage. They weren't going to have announcers at the the early round games. They were just going to kind kind of just you know just supply the feed to their streaming. And uh, of course, then they got blasted, and then they changed their minds. It's just like the weight room at yeah. the NCAA <laughs> women's. You know, it's just it's just it's just this isn't that hard. It's just not that hard. It's, to get it's this not right. that hard. Yeah, and that and that's what you know. Ultimately, you're you're costing yourself more time and money by not doing it right the first time. Is what you're taught as a kid, right? Take your time do it right be thoughtful so you don't have to do the work again so the ncaa is just proving uh that point that i know that my parents spent a lot of time teaching me so we have the draft coming up uh and you've nailed the last couple of drafts you had a big year in free agency uh how does that shape your approach to this draft or do you just draft the best player regardless yeah i think it's 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 the latter i think we we um you know we certainly feel like um you know, you want to complete the roster uh, in the best way possible. You, you certainly have preferences uh, in terms of how the draft goes. You always, you know, you have, you're very hopeful. And, um, you know, I, I want to be the team. Uh, I'm sure all 12 of us will do this post-draft. Uh, anybody that we draft, we will tell you that's who we targeted. <laughs> and we hope that would be there. Oh, we know. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I don't know how you guys do it with a straight face, but. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think for us, we have, you know, I, I, I think again, a, an area, of, uh, you know, without giving too much away, you know, of, of preference that I think would be most beneficial to our roster. Uh, but I will say this, I feel like we might have a couple of needs. Uh, so that's good that you don't feel so pigeonholed. Um, and so, you know, we'll be, you know, at number nine with, with eight teams picking before us. Uh, actually, uh, you know, Dallas owns half the picks before us, so we're just going to hang out with Greg Bibb and uh, <laughs> you know try to figure out whatever we'll take whoever he didn't pick, um, uh, you know, in, in Dallas. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think you know we're we're excited about it. We're, you know, our staff is in Minneapolis, um, you know, preparing for the draft. We'll begin our meetings on Monday, first thing, and uh, in addition to have players in town working out, so a very very busy time for us. Uh, you always want to take care of your current players. So we'll be giving them lots of attention. We, we've got players that have been in market, have gone through quarantines and are ready to go uh, with what the league will allow us, which is right now just one-on-one skill workouts with one coach. Uh, so we'll start to try to get some work in in advance of training camp. And, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll work hard and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the draft. And uh, we have just one pick um, and, and we'll complete the roster uh, we will have 15 training camp players, so we do have some work to do uh, to round it out to make sure we have positional balance in training camp. Uh, we will not be able to have practice players. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be challenging for our players physically. We, we, we count on that, um, you know, very, very heavily, as all people know that have, have followed the links. Uh, they've been such a big part of our ability to prepare for games. Um, and so where that's going to be absent again, at least until Olympic break, um, so we got, we have lots to do and, and things are coming at us pretty fast right now. Having covered so many sports for so many years, I always feel like the draft is just a ridiculously hard thing to get right. Obviously you've had major successes over the years that built the championship teams, your last two draft picks, one rookie of the year. Have you ever taken a player and then, and felt like you made a mistake and learned something from that mistake? Oh, all the time. 
I mean, uh, you know, it's it's well, obviously not the last two, but but I think that you have, uh, you know, when you have your second round picks, your third round picks. Uh, I don't know if mistake is the right word, um, but maybe what you um, thought that player could give you, but then when you're in the trenches, it turns out maybe because you can't, you know, unlike the NBA, the WNBA, we can't spend a lot of time with the players in mm-hmm. person. We don't get to bring them in. Uh, our interviews are over over Zoom uh, or FaceTime or or whatever. Um, so it does happen where you know people aren't honest with you and forthcoming uh, about the player, and and they tell you these things to get them drafted because it's good for their program. Um, so so because of that, you absolutely have you know situations along the way, uh, and, and you collect the knowledge and try not to you know um, you know make make the the, the same. Uh, miscalculation, I guess. And, and, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think largely we have felt good about most draft picks, um, you know, for whatever reason we drafted them, you know, sometimes you say with a draft pick, this isn't about them being, you know, the rookie of the year. It's about a very specific need, uh, a, a personality, uh, being the 10th or 11th player, uh, a skill set that might be a little bit different than the player in front of them. You know, so it's not necessarily about making splashy first teams, all rookie, all that. Uh, it's really about, you know, completing your team's dynamics. Uh, so sometimes there's success in something, you know, really small that people don't really see. So what we might call success at times, other people may not. And like I said, sometimes we, we drafted somebody that we thought would be able to fill a role. We had championship teams, draft picks coming in, sitting behind Lindsey Whalen and Simone Augustus. That wasn't fun for them. Um, and some could handle it, some couldn't. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think overall, like you said, it is hard. Um, it's much easier when you're picking one or two, uh, if it's the right draft year, you know, sometimes the, you know, the draft doesn't present itself in a way that's all that helpful to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the draft. I have, you know, my first day on the job at the WNBA was a 2001 WNBA draft. Um, talk about learning very, very quickly. Uh, we selected Kelly Miller uh, from Minnesota. Um, you know, obviously was it was a Georgia grad, but um, we left on the board for the Indiana Fever a player that changed their franchise, Tamika Catchings. Oh yeah. Uh, and and the reason why we did not select Tamika Catchings was because she was injured and wasn't going to be available in her first year. And then you know, unfortunately, the mandate uh, from the higher ups was that they needed a player right now. Um, and so that, that you learn from that, how short-sighted that is. Um, and you know, uh, it obviously would have changed the Charlotte Stings franchise. Maybe the franchise would still be there sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, you know, day one, you know, there were lessons and, and, uh, so, but I, I love, I love preparing for the draft. Uh, I, I love getting to know these players, um, and, and, uh, just the whole, whole process. So draft day for me, uh, is always a lot of fun. We have just one pick. But uh, but I'll, I'll be watching intently throughout the draft and, and trying to learn, as you said. I went down to Georgia, did a story on Kelly and Coco Miller uh, when they were, you know, standouts at the University of Georgia. And uh, that was that was a blast. Uh, that was I mean, Andy Landers was the coach then. Now he's on the ESPN. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he, he had some terrific years down there. And uh, Kelly Miller, I believe, was SEC player of the year that yeah. year. That's obviously because catching catchings was hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I think you know, Kelly Miller and, and Coco Miller had, had great careers and um, I had a chance to, uh, you know, to, to coach Kelly, but but not Coco, uh, who played with the Washington Mystics uh, for a while. So, yeah, I believe Rochester kids, right? 
They are Rochester kids. That's right. Yep. Yep. Uh, so how have you scouted during a pandemic? <laughs> Not been my favorite year with regard to that. It's a little more yeah. unsettling um, because I, I do, you know, the moments that we could be out, um, you know, we, the NCA didn't permit WNBA scouts uh, to start scouting the tournament you know, in San Antonio until the sweet 16 uh, side note. Uh, the NBA did have NBA scouts uh, at the beginning of their tournament. Uh, for some reason, the WNBA scouts, you know, there's just, you know, we, we, the request by the WNBA was just one representative from each team. So just 12 teams uh, and there wasn't space for us, but somehow, um, you know, the, the NBA was able to be accommodated, um, you know, but, but uh, it's hard. It's, it, it, you know, you learn so much in person, you know, we did a lot of video watching. You always do a lot of video watching, but obviously, uh, it went to another level because uh, that was your only means for so long. And uh, and then when you get to be in person, you just have this feeling of, gosh, it's so important to scout in person. You see so much more. And, um, you know, so it was hard. And, and I, I am glad we have just one pick. Uh, I can't imagine having, you know, five of the first uh, 13, as Dallas does, uh, in terms of the amount of work uh, that you ordinarily would have had to do and, and you know, you're trying to get it right. You know, that's a team that can only keep three uh, of, of these prospects. So uh, maybe in this case, you you know, you're drafting five and you hope that you get it right, you know, for three of them. You know, I think Greg Bibb said the more swings, you know, that you get, the more base hits you can you can produce. So, um, but it's hard. It, it was it was really hard. It was hard for the players. Uh, the other thing that's happening, uh, I think I mentioned this, that players had to renounce their, remaining mm-hmm. eligibility. So we saw that list and, and, and it's kind of slowly, there have been some players that have withdrawn from the draft. Um, so these are like first time things in the WNBA. It does happen on the NBA side uh, at times or other pro sports. Um, but we're seeing that. I think players maybe learned. Uh, I, I don't know if it was, it's real information or looking at some of these mock drafts, which is, I would tell the players do not look at the mock drafts. <laughs> it does not represent <laughs> what the franchises think. Um, you know, there's a lot of copycat stuff that goes on in these mock drafts and, you know, something, you know, somebody says something early on and it catches momentum and they just keep repeating it. And, um, a lot of times it's not, you know, with, with real knowledge about how the teams feel. Um, you know, I, I won't comment on, on the picks that are slated to go number nine for, to Minnesota, but, um, uh, I don't know that we've had a draft in the last five years that had our pick pegged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the evaluation part has been really hard and I hope it doesn't lead to, you know, um, you know, I don't want to say mistakes, but maybe, you know, something that wasn't quite the fit that, that you hoped, but, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's, uh, we're still, you know, we're still trying to get through this pandemic and that was one of the things absolutely has been affected by it. One more segment here on the show reef show. We want to thank our producer, Brandon Morton. Also thank our sales executive, Karen Cleary, formerly of the twins. If you'd like to advertise with this show or the network, you can reach her at KCLEARY at talknorth.com. So I'm at the masters right now. And, uh, this morning we're talking here on Saturday morning and this morning, uh, black lives matter is going to protest at a major intersection right by the masters, just to bring awareness to the Georgia voter suppression laws. I will tell you, it's been one, one cool thing. I'm going to, and I'm, this is an entree to you talking about whatever you want to talk to about in the world of social justice. I'll just say that it's been really cool. I've spent a lot of time following Cameron Champ this week. He's the only black player in the field uh, on 
Thursday morning, Lee Elder became the first black man to hit a, well, to be part of the ceremonial first tee uh, ceremony, uh, first black player ever to play in the Masters. And I just, I really admire Cameron Champ the way he, you know, he's, he's, he speaks to all this uh, in a very classy way. Uh, and man, he's a great, he's a tremendous young player. And he's, he's in the top 10 right now. It, it would be under these circumstances, what's going on in this country the last five years, uh, you know, the, the, the way George is trying to suppress black voters, him winning would be fantastic. It would be rooting, rooting like crazy for that. I, I have not had a lot of time to consume, uh, golf and, uh, on TV. So, um, I think it's incredible. Um, you know, the, the, again, the, it's kind of what, you know, like this, uh, uh, or this, this energy that's out there. And, and so I think that, uh, again, just the wave, um, would absolutely love the statement of, of that. And, and, uh, I just don't know when people are going to learn. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about the, the, the voter suppression and, you know, there's so many people that, that, you know, it, you just want them to educate themselves. Um, and I've talked about it with you know, some transgender issues and some of the responses I'm getting on social media. I just want people to educate themselves, including Martina Navratilova. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you need to, you, you, you know, don't, you know, the, the fear tactics, you know, the false narratives that, that the GOP legislators continually participate in. Um, you, you have a mind of your own. Think, you know, like research and, and uh, you know what, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Uh, you know, don't deny that some of these things exist. And, you know, with regard to the voter suppression, you know, it, I, I have, you know, friends that live in, in, in other countries or been to other countries and spent time. And, you know, I asked them, how do they feel about, you know, Americans? And she said, I'm embarrassed. A lot of times I don't say, you know, I'm, I'm from, the, from the U.S. I say I'm from North America. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so many people that say that because there's just so many simple things that have been lost on the American culture and, and how we treat people. It's just, it's just embarrassing. And uh, I'm hoping, Jim, that you'll have a chance to, to really, you know, uh, see that success. So keep bringing that positive, those positive vibes and uh, let's make that happen over there at the Masters. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Okay. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, good luck in the draft. We'll talk later this week. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening to talknorth.com. So many shows now across the network. We're going to bring a couple of really interesting names he- in here in the next few weeks to add to the ranks. Uh, we have great people doing great podcasts. Thank you for making it possible. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. and tell you about the draft. <laughs>